Okay. Okay. Welcome to Executive Talk. I am with Michael Levitt, the one and only. Michael, welcome for being here. It's so excited to I'm so excited to have you on the uh, on the show today. How you doing? I'm great. Happy New Year and I've been looking forward to this conversation as well. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, have you how have you gone into celebrating the New Year? Have you done anything fun and exciting yet or still kind of like take it a little bit low and uh, enjoying the last, you know, moments of who knows what into who knows what else. You exactly. Know? I'm easing into it. I took most of the month of December off and used it as a time of reflection. I do a lot of journaling. So I reviewed my journal notes for uh, 2020 and, and looked at my calendar schedule to see how the year progressed. And, you know, I, I saw, you know, the, the, the train wreck that March was, and I, I mean, it's probably not a good, as a, I mean, you could use all kinds of descriptors for it, but it was basically where the world kind of went, okay, we're, we're going to, yeah. we're going to take a, a bit of a pivot here and, and really just uh, make for a year like uh, none of us expected, you know, when we started, you know, a year ago, and none of us had this on the radar, and not uh, at all. And now here we are, and we look at you know, as with everybody, a new year gives opportunities to reflect. I know a lot of people use resolutions. I don't recommend them. I'm a firm believer of pick two or three things you would like to accomplish. Figure out what that looks like. Figure out the steps you need to take in order to make those things happen and then take them a step at a time. As I tell people, especially if you're trying to lose weight, it's like, well, I want to lose 20 pounds this year. Okay, don't expect to lose 20 pounds in January because you didn't put 20 pounds on in a very short period of time. Uh, right. may, for many people, it may have been years or could have been last year just because everyone was working from home instead of, you know, going out and, you know, walking to and from work and, and all of that good stuff. So for me, it's just been a, an exercise of just easing into things, you know, constantly looking, going, OK, where are opportunities? What's going on in the landscape? Of course, yeah. we know we know in the U.S. that uh, it, it's it's been an it's been an interesting start to the year. Um, and, and interesting um, is a light is, is a light way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So we we've got some uh, uh, interesting times ahead of us. There's a, a, a ton of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen, where, why. I mean, we know that there's uh, January twentieth, uh, President-elect Biden is supposed to be sworn in. That we we know that much. <laughs> well, oh, no, no. Let me let me rephrase. We assume that much. Okay? We assume that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I got trans. You know that that's that's based on previous historical events. That's yeah. usually what happens on January twentieth after an election. There's nothing usual so far about this year or last year for that matter. So right. uh, it's you know grab some popcorn, uh, be safe and. And and take it in as 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 peacefully and safely as you can, and 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 we'll we see what, we'll see what happens. There we go. You know, it's funny that you say that you're not into New Year's resolution. So the funny thing is, I'm not so much into it either. Um, what I what's interesting to me is actually what to me what N New Year's is is um, it's a trigger, really, right? Is that mm. the opportunity to make a change you have all the time. 
right? right? But we often get so caught up in our own every day that we just, you don't take that moment to think. You don't take any time to kind of like look back and reflect. And so for many people, New Year's is really just a trigger for you to say, hey, stop. <laughs> let me let me let me look at what's happening and use this opportunity for me to plan what I would like to see happening in the, you know, in the future. Um Agreed. you know, and also what's what's interesting is also you you're absolutely correct when you talk about like so let's say your your goal is to lose 20 pounds right so as you said right i didn't put 20 pounds on all at once um i find what's interesting is that where people tend to get lost is they assume that the goal is in a mass chunk and mm -hmm. that if you can't access that goal as a as a whole chunk then if, forget it. Why, why even try and bother, right? And so we break it down as the difference between like a global, you know, um, um, a global goal versus a, um, um, a localized, right? So where your global goal is going to say, I want to lose 20 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. That, that, that might be thing. But if you don't break it down for, your, for yourself for more of like a localized goal, right? So then it's very easy to get lost. So a localized goal will be like, look, I'm going to stop eating carbs and, you know, and rush sugar. I'm going to stop drinking, you know, Coke and I'm going to drink more water, right? Those are localized goals, okay? Mm -hmm. By doing that, you're working towards your global goal of trying to lose weight, right? But it's so much more attainable to say, I'm going to drink more water a day and less soda, Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to cut out carbs for five days a week, you know, as opposed to saying I'm, you know, I'm just I'm all out there. Right. And it's so much more attainable to achieve when you know how to localize your goal as opposed to always perceiving it in like that global chunk form. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's you know, literally taking little steps. And I remember, you know, I was at a luncheon. This was a couple decades ago and it was it was a uh, I was an accountant at the time and it was a tax planning session for the new tax season so my 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 thoughts and condolences to all the accountants that, that are entering tax season we will see you april 16th so um but until then enjoy enjoy your winter that you won't see because you're going to be working 80 hours a week or more but we were at this tax session and my colleague ran into a guy that he went to college with and he's like, wow, you've lost some weight. And the guy said, yeah, I, I lost 20 pounds last year. And he asked, well, you know, what did you change? What did you do? He said, I, I stopped drinking soda. That's it. He didn't do anything else. He didn't add more salads. He didn't, right. you know, go on. You know, he didn't get a treadmill. He didn't go crazy. for walks. Isn't that for, crazy? For, for him, that's what it was. Now, for some other people, depending on their metabolism and, and their makeup, they could quit and it's it won't make it that big of a difference. But right. of course, it took a period of time. It's a half pound here or a pound there or maybe two pounds yeah. a month. You know, two pounds a month in a year, that's 24 pounds. And I was going to say, it's yeah, it, when, when you look back on that, right? When you look back on that, you're gonna say, "Wow, look at me! I lost 20 pounds." But during the process, you might not realize it. But when you give that yourself that opportunity to retrospectively look back, you're like, "Man, I'm, I did that," you know? Exactly. Yeah, doing two sit-ups is not going to give you a six-pack tomorrow, 
But if you do other exercises over a period of time, if that's your if that's your goal, uh, you, you yeah. figure out what are the right exercises for you over a period of time to be able to to get to that uh, that mechanism. That's it. That's it. All right, Michael, you are the founder and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Tell me a little bit about that. What do, what do you guys do? Where are you based? How does that work? Uh, we split our time between Toronto and San Diego, and organization was formed uh, almost five years ago now. And basically, we discovered through my own personal journey, because I launched the business, of what burnout can do to you as a human being, and it can completely impact your life and destroy it if if you don't address it. And after my own burnout story and journey and recovering from all of that and getting back to a better life for me, I realized that a lot of people that was around me were going through the same struggles as I would with stress and burnout. So I tried to warn them because my burnout uh, was pretty catastrophic as far as what happened to me. And I didn't want to see that happen to them. So I started talking with people and they said, well, we'll just work through it, which is a common response. But unfortunately, that doesn't help you. You have to address it in a different way in order to first you know, get back to a normal state and not be burned out. And then the most important step after that is figure out why you burned out. And that takes work. That takes time and looking within and Right. making some adjustments in your life to be able to make sure you don't burn out again. Because when I hear people say, They've been burned out a few times. Well, I was burned out once, and it should have killed me, but it didn't, thankfully. Because uh, you know, real quick, what happened was uh, from 2007 to 2009, I was a healthcare executive for a startup healthcare organization and was working insane hours, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week, very similar to what we're seeing a lot of people doing right now, working from home and things like that. And I, I did that for a couple of years. And then it came to a crashing halt in May of 2009 in over a period of 369 days. So just over a year, right. I, I had a heart attack that should have killed me. I lost, yeah. I lost my job during the Great Recession. My car was repossessed and my home was foreclosed all in a year. And all of those things happened because I was burned out. I wasn't making the right choices in life. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't resting. I was making mistakes at work. Obviously, when you lose your job and you're on heart medication that costs $1,000 a month, on top of eating and you're on unemployment, so you don't get as much money, uh, and there wasn't anything in, in the works as far as stimulus checks or payments back then either. So in those situations, you're like, okay, I have a choice pay my bills or take this medication that'll keep me alive. So I, I chose that option. Of course, I worked with my creditors and all that, but unfortunately right. the grace period ran out and the banks rightfully so you know, reserve the right to exercise their option to take back the assets that uh, they had given me a loan for to be able to have. So right. it, was, it was pretty catastrophic, but after going through all of those things in that year of time, it gave me time to reflect you know, reinvent myself. Now I want, let me put a disclaimer here. How long, how long were you in that, in that down state for? Well, after the heart attack in May, I had 17 weeks to recover. And then I lost my job right after that. And it took several months to find a new job. And then April and May of 2010 is when the car and the house situation came in. By then I had already started a new role. Thankfully I already had another vehicle that was paid off 
and started the rebuild. But during that time from the heart attack and recovery, and of course, all these other losses were starting to pile up, each one, you know, I recognized, okay, I knew how to get over the heart attack. I knew what I needed to do to recover from that. Okay, I know what to do about a job loss. Go find another job. The, the car and the house situation were such where, okay, what do I need to do in order to get myself back on my feet? And then from there, let's take some steps to make sure this never happens again. So the answer to your question, basically from you know the summer of 2010 till I would say 2012, 2013, and it was over a period of time because I was busy working full-time executive again, and but I was doing it differently. I was, and it was a, a trial by fire, quite frankly, for me is, okay, how do I lead? But I have to lead myself first. And that was the biggest right. thing that I had not done before. I was too busy focusing on leading others. I wasn't leading me. So I needed to figure out how do I lead me first? Right. And then from there, be able to lead. By the way, that is such, sorry to interrupt you. That is such a powerful statement that in its own right, right there. Uh, I just want to pause you because you are so correct when in that one statement is that we get so involved with everything else and everyone else, we tend to lose focus on us, right? Right. If we are not able to lead ourselves, how are we ever going to be able to lead someone else? And that mind, that mind shift is so important. Sorry, sorry to have cut you off. I just, no. I, 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 so that line is just so understated, and I just really needs to get stated so many times. No, I appreciate that, and thank you. It's, it's true. It's for me to be the best leader for the people that I lead. I have to be the best, so I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself from a nutrition standpoint, from making sure that I don't overtax myself. I have to walk the walk, and. People emulate their leaders. So if you're a leader that is stressed, burned out, working too many hours, the people that work for you think that's how they're supposed to work as well. And then what happens is you have an entire organization that it is just stressed out or potentially dealing with burnout. And that impacts what you do for your customers, that impact, right. impacts your bottom line. Uh, and, and right now, even in this pandemic world, if you're operating that way, that's not sustainable. I, I, right. I, I think once all of this is behind us and we get to the next normal, organizations that behave that way are going to have a much shorter lifespan than in the past. Used to, there was people who just forgive and like everything go on. But my my right. my guess is those organizations that are stressing their employees out or have stressed out leaders they're going to be struggling a little bit because people are going to look and go, you know what? There's a better work-life harmony over at this organization, or I can work more Correct. remotely there. So the war the for talent. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, no, was, you finish. I was going to say the war for talent is going to increase because people, 100%, 100%. you know, there's going to, organizations can say, how do we get better at what we do? Okay, who's the best talent? And especially if they're working in a remote type of situation, they're not limited to a geographical area like Silicon Valley or Southern California right. or Tampa or New York City. They're going to say, who's the best this type of role, whatever it is, in right. this particular region in case they have to come in every once in a while to go into meetings or whatnot. But most of the time they're going to be working remotely. Right. So it, it's just going to it's going to change the dynamic of, of so, talent acquisition. So. 
let me ask you a question then. In your experience, right? So you you have so if you're a business um, owner or a business leader, okay, and you have certain goals and expectations that you need to hit, right? So how do then do you create the balance between um, urgency and need, right? Making sure that you get the most out of your employees, your team, your staff, your company, right? While maintaining that balance, because you're right, you're the boss, you're not their friend, right? It doesn't mean you can't be friendly. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, create opportunities, you know, to create a, 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 a company culture that cares and that matters, right? I'm a big believer of that. But how, how would you then, um, instruct someone to, you know, who is at the top like that to say, no, you ha here's how you need to run a company that is efficient, does its job, right? Get hits the goals you're looking to hit, but is also able to create that environment of calm, I guess. Yeah. The, the best leaders that I've had, and I've done my best to emulate have done a few things. One, they get really, really focused on what the company is there to do. Okay. Where, where companies get in trouble is they try to be everything to everybody. They try to be the Walmart of something where they, or the Amazon of something where they sell basically everything. You can't run your organization other than right. those examples of selling or serving everybody. You have to figure out what, what do we do? Who are we as an organization? All right. What is our customer needs? What wh what do they look like? How, who do we serve? Get really crystal clear on that and figure out. Okay, what are the products or services that these customers demand from us? And hopefully, it's not four hundred things. Hopefully, it's specific, and and be really good at those things. Uh, right. There's always these up, and there's always opportunities and to grow and expand the business. But oftentimes, what happens is they do it too quickly. When you operate in an environment where you have the right people doing the right things and understanding the strengths in the areas of growth of your employees, putting them in the right spot where, one, they're really good at what they do, and more importantly, they enjoy what they're doing, it makes it easier for them. Give them the flexibility to be able to do the jobs to the best of their ability. But a key thing you want to make sure you don't do is you don't overload them because one of, when we think about innovation of organizations, 3M, for example, and Post-it notes, you know, that was an accidental discovery that every one of us Brilliant, knew the all the time. Yeah. yeah. So one of the reasons why that happened was that organization gave people time to think and reflect and play and create. If you load up somebody's to-do list every day and they don't have time to breathe and they have to schedule their bathroom breaks or their lunch breaks and don't have any wiggle room or continuity in how they do that, you're losing out on that because when people sit and reflect and look at how, this, how did this work out, how did this go, it makes it better. Of all the organizations that I worked for, there was only one organization other than the ones that I led that did the following. We we worked on projects and we had it was so basically project-based work work. And at the end of every project, we had a team meeting. We had everybody that worked on that project and a couple people from other teams that came in and had a debrief meeting. And it okay. everyone, it was part of the deal. 
and we said, what did we learn from this project? What went well? What sucked? What did we learn that we could maybe apply to other projects in the future or maybe go back on maybe an existing project that we do something different? That's why we brought in the leads from other projects because they would learn from our experiences. And what that did is every project we did would become better because we were right. we learned how to communicate with each other and we knew each other and we knew the strengths of things. So we would look at a project right. and we say, okay, here's here's this. It's in this sector and it has this dynamic. Well, we knew in our right. team, okay, if it's healthcare, it's like, okay, we knew that there was a handful of people that liked healthcare, is familiar with it. They worked in that sector before in various capacities and they were able to navigate through it easier than trying to figure out, okay, I've never worked in healthcare before. Okay. What is an autoclave? You know, or, and so it, it just streamlined things and it made it easier. It made the experience more enjoyable because the client would say, oh, you've, you worked in healthcare. All of a sudden that no like and trust factor comes in because you've got somebody working on your project as a client and they understand your sector. That makes it easier. It creates a little bit of calmness and a little bit more, you know, continuity and how that works. And it happens both internally and externally. And that, that example I carried forward throughout my career because like, we're going to do this. And the first time I did, everybody looked at me like I had three heads. Well, how do we all do that? It's over. Like, <laughs> what, what did you learn from it? You know, share with right. the team so we can avoid any hiccups, right. you know, down the road. Otherwise you're like, you know, we always run into this problem at this time in the project. Also, how do you know if you're learning anything? Exactly. You're just, you know, closing your eyes, putting the blinders on and hoping like mad it's going to work. And it's like, that's no way to run a business. No, hundred percent. In other words, no, for sure. If you want to be successful, right. And you, you know, you know, you want to take positive steps of growth and not just keep reiterating the same crap that you might be doing. You don't, you know, with no understanding if it's actually good or working or not, like mm -hmm. you need, you need to stop process and learn from your mistakes, right? The same way that you learn from your good things, you got to learn from your mistakes. Look, we, you know, um, what I talk with my, with my sales team all the time about, okay, Bring, we want to hear about all of your rejections, right? right? Why, why are the, are the leads that you're speaking to, why did they reject you and your conversation? Right. And so when you, when you take that apart, right. And it's not a criticism against the team. Right. Right. It's in trying to understand, well, why were they not interested in continuing the conversation? Did they not have enough info? Did they not understand it well enough? Did they feel like it was too rushed or pressured? Was it a wrong time? Whatever happens, whatever the reason is, and we learn from those rejections, and then we apply the solutions to the next set of calls and leads and um, 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 outreach that, we're, that we get involved with because that's how you improve your system, right? right? Exactly. By understanding what doesn't work just as much as you need to understand what does work, yep. but you need, right. to, you need to understand both in order to know how to continue to grow. Otherwise you're just going to be floating at the same place forever. And we're, we're, where's the fun in that? You know, <laughs> exactly. You, you want to grow. There's got to be growth opportunities, both for your business and, and as an individual, you know, most of us, now there's some people that are perfectly happy with going in, doing what they need to do, punching out, going home. 
and they right. that that is perfect for them because right they, they like allocating their energy to something different in life that's fine i'm not here to judge but most right. of us want growth we want to learn new things we want to grow in our career we want to make more income so we can do the things that we want to do and right. when you're in an environment that puts a cap on that or restricts that or doesn't even allow that to happen that's right. when you start getting disgruntled. That's when you start getting stressed out about things and prolonged stress turns into burnout. It it happens innocently in a lot of ways, uh, but that's, right. that's one of the things that uh, happens time and time again. So someone who does experience that level of burnout, what are some tricks that you could offer them to in order to, uh, you know, re to jumpstart again, you know, and to like not get stuck in that cycle of like down, but how to like, you know, help themselves get back up? Yeah, there's simple steps that are easy to apply even during a pandemic. One is make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. And that sometimes is difficult because if you're stressing and you're tossing and turning, and you can't quiet your mind, then that impacts your sleep. And sleep is when we do the repair job to the damage we do to ourselves on a daily basis. Right. Even if we're living a great life and eating nothing but kale salads and everything's awesome. And <laughs> I'm sorry, eating I'm sorry, eating kale salads forever is not a great life. No, I appreciate that. I'm willing to bet that even the rabbits get tired of it. They're like, no, I don't want to. Like, yeah, yeah, can we, can we get a, maybe toss in a Caesar or something here? This is, this is bad, but, but you, you live all, you know, you, you eat well and get activity and all that stuff because in that way, when you're, you're sleeping, your body's repairing the damage that we do. So that way the next day, you're fully energized and damage, whether it's mental or physical, uh, has been addressed. Because if you don't get a good night's sleep, then today's damage piles up and gets on to tomorrow's damage, the next day and the next right. day. And that's when you start having mental and physical ailments. So your sleep is crucial. Focus right. on that. You know, tying in with that is, you know, nutrition and activity. And I recommend people work with a nutritionist or a dietitian to figure out what, f what food intolerances you have. Um, a lot of people don't understand that they actually have some intolerances, but they continue eating things that is, again, causing gut bacteria. It tastes good, but it's causing some gut bacteria issues, which can keep right. you up at night and, of course, impact your sleep. So everything's kind of connected. If we haven't figured right. that out by now, we're, we're, all, we're one being. So there's a lot of things connected. Uh, one thing that I see a lot with people that are burned out and stressed out is they start because of work or too many hours or things like that, they start cutting out things that they enjoy doing in life. And one of the exercises that I have people do when I speak at conferences or work with teams is I have people list out all the things they like doing in life, whether it's going to the movies or going to a concert or riding their bike, going on nature trails, yeah. going out to cut, whatever. I mean, be as robust as possible. I have, you know, take a few minutes and list all those things out. And then after they've done that, then to the right of every one of those items, I have them write down the last time they did them. And I always hear moans and groans because people realize they're not doing things in life that they enjoy doing. And then, of course, I'll ask them, you know, why not? And they say, well, I don't have time. And if they have an iPhone, then I say, can we go into screen time for a minute on your phone? <laughs> and then I see you know, they, they, they're averaging five and a half hours a day. And I look at their list and I'll say, okay, I'll pick one. It's like, how long would it take you to do that? And they'll sell a half hour, maybe an hour tops. So do you think you could find an hour from your phone 
to do that. And they say, yes, it's a use the calendar app on your phone. Well, yes. It's like, okay, let's go out 10 days and let's find a time where you can do that thing on your list. Okay. Schedule it, put it in there. Don't move it. Yep. Don't cancel it because we, we work will have no problem filling up your calendar. So right. make sure that you schedule your, and I all those things on the list that you enjoy doing that is self-care right. people. That, you know, self-care people think, okay, meditation, moments of Zen, yoga. Yeah, sure. That's all good. But those <laughs> things that you enjoy doing in life, that's self-care. Because yeah. I've seen tons of these lists. And time after time, most of the things that are on that list are very singular in nature, which means you have to focus on doing those things. So there's no opportunity to multitask, which is, uh, if you can avoid multitasking, right. please do. Because it, it just... It, it confuses your right. brain. Your brain's trying to figure out, wait a minute, what do you want me to do again? Right. It's like, I'm over here, now I'm over here. So, you know, doing that alone <laughs> helps a lot. And and just, you know, schedule, make sure you schedule enough time in your day just to be away from screens. And, you know, don't have your smartphone as your alarm clock. Right. Go go buy one. They're 10 bucks or give or take, depending how fancy you want to get, you can get some really nice ones. But you don't need to use this as, because the screens right. trick, tricks your brain. The light from them tricks your brain saying it's time to stay awake. It's like, no, it's time to go to bed, go to sleep. So, you know, sleep and continue right. doing things that you enjoy in life will help get you back to that, you know, non-burned out state. Then the deeper work, of course, is figuring cool. out why did you get into that? And that's when you start getting into thoughts and behaviors and patterns and, right. you know, past traumas potentially who knows there's a lot of things that go into that but got, you it. Know. got it cool so let me ask you a question so as um founder of your organization you speak with a lot of people you're all over the place you you know you you travel you 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 know you're really you've really built yourself a wonderful business to really help people and make an impact in the, in people's opportunities for success, growth, and personal well-being. you know, in, in all, in all counts. Tell me about, um, you know, what was it like to build that business, right? Especially coming from the place that you were coming from, especially from coming, you know, off of the heels of such a, of such, um, uh, a difficult return, right? You are kind of putting yourself back into that mindset all over again. So what was it like for you to build that business? I Originally, my original career, as I joked earlier, was in accounting. So um, I worked and I got you know bachelor's degree in accounting. And if I could go back in time, because always people ask, what would you tell your 25-year-old self or your 18-year-old self? I would doesn't Stay matter. Out of accounting. No, no. It, 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 well, yeah, no. I I had hair back then, but um, I, I would I would have told myself, do not dismiss the marketing curriculum at college. Take more marketing classes. Take more sales classes. Learn how to sell. Learn how to market. Learn how to you know, communication was not an issue, but right you know, closing sales and building a business and, and researching and all that stuff. I, as an accountant, I dismissed that. I just blamed the marketing people for having toga parties and spending all the company's money. And I really regret that. That's I don't have many regrets in life. That is one of them. I okay. wish I would have paid more attention because 
it made for a little bit steeper learning curve as I was launching a business because it's like, okay, well, branding. Okay. Well, how do I, you know, come up with a name? What, how do I market it? What do, you know, what do I do about this? What, you know, how do I reach people? How do I find my target audience? Who is my target audience and figure out who do I like working with and figure out who you don't like working with. So that way, you 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 present and price accordingly because you will get clients that are not necessarily in your in your field that you you don't necessarily like working with but there may be opportunities especially when you're starting off right. you know that you, if you if revenue is a concern then you may have to work with some people that you don't necessarily enjoy working but you treat those as learning opportunities and for me it was uh, i was enjoying it but i knew it was like okay this is walking in a, a bit of mud right now and it's not moving along as fast but i knew you know and studying entrepreneurs and talking right. with fellow entrepreneurs that were you know a couple years ahead of me as far as their business growth was concerned that it's going to take yeah. time <clears throat> and just you know, keep your focus on growing and learning and, and, you know, I forget who it was, but they said, if you got a product or service, put out crap 1.0 and then update it to crap 2.0. It's going to be crappy. It, it just, true. Is. and then, that, and then you'll get Guy Kawasaki, it. by the way. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I knew, Guy I knew Kawasaki I, has a great, you know, he has, he has, he has a great line. He says, if you're not embarrassed by your first product model, you're doing something wrong, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should look at yeah. that and go, oh, my God, that's garbage. It's like, did you use, like, you know, it wasn't even Microsoft Word or Microsoft Publisher. Here I am dating myself. So do you, you basically <laughs> use Microsoft Paint to come up with that. It's like the lines aren't even straight. The, the fonts are inconsistent. You know, all these things you, that as an accountant right. you don't really care about. But, you know, in, in graphic design and all that stuff, you, you, you like, yeah, I should probably make it look decent. Uh, but long story short, learning those things along the way, figuring out, you know, the, the type of work I like to do, figured out the work that I was good at, figure out the work you are not good at, delegate that sooner than later. Um, and, and, and focus on what you're really good at and that will help you, you know, continue to grow the business and, and do the things that you want to do. Got it. I love that. Um, can you, so, do you mind sharing some of your highlights? You know, what were some of your most exciting moments of building that business where you felt like, you know, this is amazing. I'm, I'm totally doing this. I'm hitting the right places. Um, you know? Yeah. I think there are a couple of stories real quick. One is, you know, being able to speak in front of global audiences uh, about burnout because burnout unfortunately sure. is a global situation. It's not just limited to the United States or North America. You, I, no. the uk you know eastern europe uh, asia it, it's yeah. been a huge problem and being able to speak with different audiences and different organizations has been absolutely amazing and even last year 2020 and the pandemic was my best year uh it was really? it was i i i am very fortunate and, and immensely th thrilled that it turned out believe me i would trade it all to get rid of this pandemic i would i mean i'm, I'm not joking i would literally go here take it all back make this go away please because i knew right. that i would be able to do it but being able to you know serve so many last year through zoom calls and you know this and that instead of you know going and getting on an airplane and flying somewhere uh was right. was a big transition but 
you know, I was able to do it. And I, that was you know, one of the biggest things that just made it, made it so successful. And I, the other thing that I love is with my podcast show, uh, I launched that in 2017 with really no, I didn't have an end goal with it per se, other than just being prompted by a colleague of mine saying, launch a podcast, talk about your experiences. I'm like, okay, I did. So in you know, the first 60 episodes, it was just me yapping for a few minutes on different things. And <laughs> it was starting to pick up. And then then I got a request if somebody wanted to be on the show. I'm like, how in the world do I interview somebody? How's that work? Okay. Let's see. Let's launch a Zoom account. Okay, we got that. All right. Now uh, what what's the settings? Okay, where's record? <laughs> what does that do? You know, only lost a couple interviews, not too bad, but yeah, I mean, some people have lost some great ones, like oh, that's in the abyss somewhere. But right. yeah, I, I've been you know plugging away at that you know for you know coming up on oh, four years now, and right. you, know, the, the, you know the the international reach that it has is great. I just got a stat the other day; I hit like one seventy three in India in entrepreneurship, and great. You know, and anytime I and I rank high internationally, I'm thankful for it. But then I go back and go, okay, what about my contact or content is resonating with those audiences? What what are they looking for? Are they are they just looking for North American viewpoints on things, or is there something more specific? So, a lot of additional research that needs to be done there. But I'm thankful for it. It's like, okay, there's somebody besides my podcast editor and me listening to the show. <laughs> um, it's, it's right. pretty amazing. And I, and I, and I trip. That's a great back. feeling, isn't it? When you're like, yeah. oh, someone's actually listening to my show. No way. It's great. It's, I, I know my mom and my brother don't. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and my better half, she tells me, I'm never listening to your show because I get the live version. I don't know. I don't need it. So I mean, they're, they're not on it. So I'm like, okay, somebody right. that doesn't know me, or I, I don't know them. I to listening to them. It's like it, it's a very powerful thing, and you it's yeah. you know I keep myself in check because you know when you're on a show and, and or you're saying something, you want to make sure okay you don't want to isolate or alienate people. You can share an opinion on something, but you know, you have to you, you literally have to check yourself in the mirror because you know I'm representing a brand. I'm representing right. myself as well. I'm also right. representing family, friends, any place that I've ever worked, any place I went right. to school. There's a lot of people that have in organizations and entities that are part of, you know, where I am today. And I right. use to make sure that I do my best to represent every one of those as best That's I can. Right. And, and I, I do yeah. my best not to forget that. Good for you. That's that's such an important component. One of the biggest things that we, we tell people all the time is that, don't don't ever lose track of what your brand is and what it means, right? Meaning that people just assume that my brand is my website, my brand is my logo, but it's not. Your mm -hmm. brand is the way that you speak with people. Mm -hmm. the, your brand is about the emails that you send, right? right? If you're if you're an e-commerce company, right, and part of your business is to deliver products to people's homes. Your delivery person is part of your brand. Everything, right, that is that incorporates you, the name, the association that people think when they think your name, right? All of those things are part of your brand. And you're absolutely correct when you have to be thinking extra carefully 
about all those pieces because one small piece somewhere in the far out distance might, you know, could very potentially bring everything, you know, crashing if you're not if you're not careful or mindful about what your brand means and how you represent it in in all the different aspects that you know that's involved 100% you know i get that so i love i love how you said that that was great thank you um look you know coming from you know the you know the perspective of you know storytelling and branding and you know getting messages out and you know effective communication right so when you get up on stage right mm -hmm. how do you determine a um an effective slash successful presentation how do you how do you prepare yourself for that to you know make sure that number one you're presenting well and make sure people are um you know understanding they internalize the things that are going on how do you how do you set that stage for yourself and what are some of the things that you think about when you are um gearing up to to present for me, it's one, you need to understand who's in the audience and, you know, what are some of their pressure points and challenges right. that they're facing so they can have a, a takeaway from the talk. Every talk should have an action or several action items. Not too many. You don't want to overload people. That would be ironic. You burnout guy telling you do all these things. They get burned out trying to fix their burnout. That's not going to work. So understand from them, you know, you know what, what's their challenges? And this goes back to my original career in accounting and auditing is I had the fortune to be able to audit pretty much every industry. And I've had experiences in a ton of different industries over my career. That's given me insights to know some of the nuances of each sector. Now, every sector will identify as being totally different from others. And I can say, having worked in many of them and auditing even more of them, not so much. But yes, there are some nuances. And so those nuances, if you connect with them, again, it, it gives you that no like trust factor where they say, okay, if I'm speaking at a healthcare conference, okay, you know, former healthcare executive, you know, working with, you know, various funding bodies, oversaw $2 billion budget. Okay, everybody goes, $2 billion. Wow. It's like, yeah, but that organization really need $10 billion. So it was like giving us five bucks. It, it didn't do right. the impact we wanted to. But $2 billion is a big number. Believe me, I would love to see that or if I launched my bank app. I would like to see that in my balance. But uh, I don't think I will unless somebody right. showed it to me that I don't know about yet. It's like, <laughs> I don't remember anybody. I don't remember getting notification. But, right. but understanding what the audience is, understanding the theme of the conference as well, because, and that's one of the things when I, when I talk with event planners or if I reach out to organizations, understand where the conference is. Um, you don't go up there and, and be this cookie cutter type of situation, tell stories. And there's going to, and with me, you know, being able to speak, you know, I've given presentations as quick as six minutes to as long as two hours on the right. same subject. And I've had to adjust them on the fly at the event where they said, okay, we're running behind. Do you think you could possibly shorten it? I said, how short, how, how short do you want it? And so I can do it in six minutes and they go, no, 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 that short. It's like, okay. So how long? It's like, you know, can you cut it from you know, an hour to 45 minutes? I said, got it. And I clock in at 42 minutes. And it's not like I'm looking at the right. timer. It's just like, okay, what what segments of my story or what segments of the presentation can I add in or I can take out? And right. I, I don't use cue cards. 
Um, yes, if they require, I have a PowerPoint slide behind me and I, I'll glance at it uh, just to make sure that I don't forget something. But typically it's, you know, bringing people along the journey, telling them, look, here's, here's what burnout is. Here's how you can burn out. Here's some signs of burnout. Here's my burnout story. The, and, and it highlights all the things that I completely ignored. Here's the bucket list exercise. Okay, here's some action items that you can implement today to make life easier. Here's where you can find me if you got any you know questions, comments, or filthy remarks, and in the way they go, um, and and you just, you just do that. And it doesn't mean I don't prepare for an event. Again, like I said, I, I research. Okay, what's this event about? Okay, what can I add in? Could I throw in a different story that I normally don't talk about because of the audience? And and when I do that, everybody go because people remember stories. Yes, they I, might stories remember. Stories make the world go round. I love yeah. stories. I yeah. think they, you know, yeah. they're so much more impactful and memorable than learning facts. Exactly. Because everybody can download a list or they can go to my website and grab what I just said. You know, I'm happy right. to share the slide deck. That's not a problem. It's the right. story. It's the story of, sure. you know, saying. People relate to stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, being you know, finding out you lost a job and you're going, wait a minute, I just nearly died from a heart attack and now I don't have a job. Oh, wait a minute. Right. We're, you know, the economy's not exactly awesome right now because we're in the great recession. Great. Right. How am I going to eat? How am I going to be able to pay right. for these medications? What am I going to have to do? What am I going to uh, scramble? How, what are we going to do about right. this? And, 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 and bring them into the story so they are there with you and they can see it. Not only they're with you, but that they could see themselves as being in that story also. Yeah. In other words, the more that like the sign of a good story and a good presentation, not just, you know, speaking presentation, but general presentation, mm -hmm. right? The sign of a good story is if the person or people that you are interacting with can visualize themselves in your situation, in your scenario, you know you're doing something right. Right. Yep. And that's the it's whole thing. Bring, bring them in. Movies do it all the time. You know, you're in there. You're fighting right. along Iron Man or you're fighting along this one or you're, right. you're, you're in that dialogue of a, a conflict with, you know, two lovers that are trying to save their marriage or whatever the you know movie is, you right. know, whatever. Right. Or, the, or the TV show. Well, maybe not so much TV, but movies <laughs> a little bit more because they got a little bit more elbow room to play. But right. bringing you into the story so you feel like you're in there and you're invested in the character. And, got it. and, and you've realized, women, I see some things in me in there. Okay, that gives you a prompt where you can say, all right, do I want to do something with this? Or am I going to just continue on with the way things are? And that's your right. choice. Is that the same process that you use when writing your book? Uh, the writing of the book, uh, similar. Uh, I'll get some frameworks with it. And you know, with you know, my new book that just came out, Burnout Proof, I actually wrote that book before my 369 Days book. So I okay. wrote that book almost five years ago. And it, was, cool. it wasn't done. It was just like, I'm a framework for this. And then I started writing a little bit on the 369 days. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go all in on 369 days right now. And, right. and I'll revert back to it. And it took time because that, you know, 369 days came out in 2017 and you know, burnout proof came out a couple weeks ago. So from that aspect, um, I don't remember when it actually launched my, the, my publisher and the people said, okay, we're going to release it this date. And then I got an email to your books live. I said, Oh, I guess it's out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
let's go on Ingram and order me a copy. And so, um, so, I, so I did that. And, but you know, the process that I used for, for burnout proof, even though it was way back when uh, is, you know, you kind of get the framework and you go, okay, let's, let's take people along the journey. And you know, what are some things that they're facing? Right. What, what, where's the, the, the inner conflict. Okay. Where's some things that people are dealing with that can connect with them. So they read it. It's like, yep, that's me. Right. That's one of the things I get a lot, either from my presentations or my book. They say, I see so much of me and what you experienced. I said, okay, good. Right. It's Bingo. Good. Right. Yeah, good. You see that that's good. So now you, who is the person that are seeing that, now has a choice. What do you want to do with that? Do you want to make some adjustments in your life so you can get out of your burnout? Well, I've kind of given you a roadmap of how I did it and some things that's helped me along the way. Those are achievable and applicable. People have used them. It works. Um, it worked on me. It, it you know, It's worked on others. So that's okay. there's, there's proof in the pudding there. But, you know, getting to the point where it's like, you know, like for a lot of my books, you know, if they're not really long they're under usually under 100 pages give or take that's intentional now a lot of right. people say well that's a that's a short book I said, it is it's intentional because one i right. want people to finish the book and two i want them to have something that they can start applying in their life right now because if you 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 buy a book and you go okay oh this is how to do all of this stuff and you look at it and it's you know 320 pages Right. right, and it's I'm like not reading that, <laughs> and, and, and it does it doesn't say Game of Thrones or on the or uh, or Harry Potter right. or whomever on the front of it. You're like, like, no like, way, I don't have time for that. Who's doing that? Yeah, right. that's the thing. our attention span and the time that we allocate to things keeps getting shorter and shorter. That's right. why a lot of people keep yelling at me. It's like, get the audible version out. I'm like, I'm working on it. You know, I, I don't burn out the burnout guy. I'll get that. Don't worry, <laughs> I'll get those out. But at the end of the day, it's you know just like you know, have it flow in a way where it, it, it here's the lesson you pick this up. Okay, now you've got that skill. All right, let's go on right. to the next one. So by the time you get to the end of the book, you've learned some things. You can always dog ear the pages or go back or and, and figure out. Okay, because there might right. be just one aspect of things that are impacting you, and so you're like, okay, this is of the 14 chapters. It's this one that is where I need to do some work. Okay, let me refer back to that. And they can always right. reach out. And, you know, my social media and my blog and all that stuff, I'm constantly creating content or sharing content on different ways to deal with burnout, identify it, and correct it, whether it's my content or content from others. And you know, I had a call this morning with uh, a colleague that's in the same space, and we're collaborating on some things and sharing her resources you know, with people. It's like, here, this is great stuff. Use Great. it, buy it. Go, you go, go do it. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not getting right. a referral fee, or it's not an affiliate link. Here you go. You know, right. and, and I'm nothing against those. I mean, everybody has a right and should, you know, monetize right. whatever they can. But for sure, if for you know, some things are like here, just take it. So no, I appreciate that. Look, I'm a big believer of sharing value for the sake of value, right? And that people, you know, they ask, well, then like, well, if you give everything away all the time, so then what are they actually buying into, right? What they, what they don't realize is that what when you provide value to people and you're giving them opportunities to associate with you, to connect with you, to learn from you, to be inspired mm -hmm. by you, et cetera, whatever the fill in the blank is, right? your next stage of commitment to them is them 
buying a pass to you specifically, right? right? So I can share with you all my value. I can give to you because I, I genuinely believe in it. And I am like, I, I share everything, right? And because I believe in the Let's do this, right? Like if you're if you're working, if you have questions, let me know. I will I will answer your questions for you. I will help you. I will give you, you know, whatever you need because people are looking for value, right? They're looking for value, right? And now that they know that you are the source of that value when they need that next level of whatever commitment you're willing to give, uh-huh. you are the source that they want to go to. And they're, right. and for that, they're willing to pay for, you yeah. know what I mean? For that, you know, there, that monetization of that like matters and you can, you know, and you can decide what, you know, how you want to move that along to the, to the next stage. Yep. Yeah. It's giving, giving away your best stuff. I, I forget who says that, but I do it. You go to my tools and resources page on my website and, you know, all the content is on there. The resources and things like that are all free. You know, it's just That's right. name, email, I'll send it to you and I'll send you some videos and all that stuff that I recorded to go into greater detail on it. Cause my all hope right. is to help with it. If, if you, if you feel, if that fixes the situation for you and you, you get out of burnout, mission accomplished. I'm thrilled. Love that's it. One less love person it. that's stressed out. And those that want to work with me, whether it's organizations or individuals, then they've already got a taste of, okay, this is the content. Okay. This is something I think I can work with and, and apply and, and move forward accordingly. Awesome. Right. I love it. Good job, Michael. It has been amazing. I love talking with you. You, this has been such a, such an um, um, enlightening and inspiring conversation. I learned so much. You have so much to share and give. Um, if someone, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how, what's the, how do they find you? Uh, best ways to find me is go to breakfastleadership.com. My email address is michael at breakfastleadership.com. That goes directly to me. Uh, social media under the letter B and then fast leadership. Don't put that on a license plate. Um, and and that's, that's a no, no, you don't, you know, you don't want to meet them. The, you know, the men and women in blue do a great job. You don't want to meet them because you're driving a higher number than on that sign. So don't put that on. Right. There. Yeah, I'm on all uh, you know all the major social media platforms. I'm mostly active, I'd say on LinkedIn majority, but you know I'm on Twitter and 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 Instagram and all that good stuff. So yeah, breakfastleadership.com or bfastleadership uh, on the social media handle. I got it, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us on um, um, Executive yeah. Talk. We love you know getting to talk with so many wonderful um, executives like yourself about business, entrepreneurship, leadership marketing and branding. And uh, really, this has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. Looking forward to continuing the conversation with you and getting, uh, you know, to connect at some point in person. And as we, you know, we continue post pandemic and whatever else uh, craziness is going on right now. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. And we're done. All right. How was that? That was awesome. Good stuff. It was, it was great. Thank you. You, uh, you have, you have some, some really good stuff over the going on over there i really uh you know I, I really appreciate your your story and like how you look it takes it takes a really strong person to be able to face their challenges head on and say mm-hmm. i don't want this anymore right right and to be able to to be able to as you said it so so well before is if i don't know how to lead myself how do you expect me to lead other people um and i think that 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 part is so is so Awesome. Um, and I, I, I love how you, you know, you've been able to build yourself out into that. 
Yep. Yeah, it was it was one of the big key things that jumped out of me early on, thankfully, after all of those losses and me reinventing myself. It's like, okay, what do I want to do? Okay, I still want to be a leader. Yeah. Okay. Um, but how am I gonna do it without killing myself? All right, well, that I need to lead myself better. And okay, once right. I figured that out, it's like, okay, now lead teams and set the example. Don't send emails after hours or on weekends and, and correct people right. that you know, your team members that are doing that and say, quit sending emails on a Saturday night, leave people alone. <laughs> it's not, I'm a firm believer. I, I try even, even in that, look, I run a, I run a company. We're an international based company. We work with mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always something to do, right? There's always right. something to do. That being said is I'm a firm believer that there are sometimes it's just, it's off hours, right? My phone is off. You don't bother me. This is, you know, if, if it's such, if it's so important and you really need to get in touch with me, you know how, but, um, you know, otherwise like this is it like time, time off, we'll check in tomorrow and we'll be, and that'll be fine too. You know, exactly. Yeah, most of us aren't truly in emergency type work. There are some right. things that are mission critical. I get that, but majority right. of the time it, it can wait. I totally hear. How did we do as a conversation? Was this uh No, it was really good. Fun? Really good. Y'all, this is a blast. I looked at the time like, how in the world did it get to that? <laughs> <laughs> you left your cue cards on this one. You're like, oh man, where am I? Where am I in my timestamp? Exactly. No, it was a blast. <laughs> no, I, I I really enjoyed it. This is a good conversation. I love doing these. Likewise, do you do you do um, um, a lot of podcasts? I off and on. I've been you know picking them up a little bit more now with the book and all that. My PR person's like, okay, get ready, you're going to start doing them. I said, well, look at right. my calendar. Don't kill me. I was like, I, I again, I can't. You don't burn out the burnout guy, please. It's just not cool. So, <laughs> right. you know, starting to do it. And I, I'd lined up some stuff for you know before the end of the year last year. So I've got a, a pretty decent right. stream of them coming up over the next few right. few weeks anyway. Can I just add something, by the way? Sorry, no problem. Can I just add something to what you said before? So you said one of the ways that you combat or that you um, proactively get out of burnout mode is to make sure you get enough sleep at night, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you, you at a certain point, you shut down and say, this one I'm, I'm turning off mm-hmm. and then knowing when to wake up, right? right? I think, though, the part that we get stuck with is... It's not necessarily going to sleep at the right time, but it's also helping yourself wake up at the right time mm-hmm. because you could so easily just decide to keep sleeping. No, I didn't have enough. I don't feel satiated enough, mm-hmm. I, you know, whatever it is. And that's also a very dangerous sign of mm-hmm. burnout. It you is. Know? Um, and so it, just as important as it is to be able to go to sleep with purpose, mm-hmm. you also have to know how to, how to and when to wake up with purpose in right. order to be able to say, okay, that really was enough. I'm, I'm good. I might be a little bit tired, but I need to start my day and get my action moving. Yep. Yeah. That's critical. That's a great analogy and a great reminder because for people that are doing things they enjoy doing, they're active, you know, they're getting a little bit of exercise in that helps improve the quality of their sleep. So it gets consistent. Yeah. I, I don't sleep on in weekends. Um, I tend to get up at the around the same time every day. I don't use an yeah. alarm clock because I naturally wake up and or the, and or the dog will wake us up and say, 
I need to go outside. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just code for he wants to eat. So yeah. he, he, he could be fine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go outside for you and trade for food. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'll do that. So, but it, it's fairly consistent. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, he'll sleep in, which throws everybody off. And like, look at the time. And of course, right. right around time change and things like that, that's when he gets right. off a little bit, but it tends to normalize after a while. But again, that's, that's a great point because then that way when you get habits and routines in your life, it makes such a big difference. And right. when you get those routines that are beneficial to you, it, then you don't have to use brain power to think about it. It's just right. it's already ready to go. Right. And it right. just made, it's made my life a, a, so much easier uh, right. by implementing the routines that are, that are good for me. And everyone has difference uh, when right. it comes to routines and things like that. They don't need to you know, mimic me unless it works for them, then go for it. But no, um, look, I, now, I liked what you said also before about, you know, when you offer advice, right? Because I'm the same way. I um, I try very hard not to look at someone and say, this is what you need to do to be successful. All right. This is what you need to do to da, da, da. Like, how the hell do I know what you, you know, like, I don't mm -hmm. know your in and outs of every day. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I, you know, when I talk about things along those lines, it's always, <laughs> excuse me. It, it's always the um, appreciation of your circumstance look i understand where what you're what you're going through right now i went through something similar i get it right mm -hmm. um things that helped me i'm not you know and like they work for me whether they work for you or not but like sometimes it's important to hear what other you know how other people found success and so i i try so hard never to say this is what you need to do Right. What I do try to say is, look, these are things that work for me. If you want to try it, great, you know, but like, I know that for me, it was really helpful and really helped to get on the right, uh, you know, on the right path. And sometimes, you know, you know, that's helped. And sometimes people are like, okay, great. That's not me. Let me do something else. And that's, and that's fine too. Yep. Yeah. It's good to give, it's good to give them the space to be able to choose what they, that, what they want to do with, of course, the end goal that they are going to make improvements in their life. And when they do that, right. then that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Awesome. Cool. All right, Michael, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll let you know in the next week or so when the, when the podcast is ready to, to, to air and uh, looking forward to staying in touch and uh, continuing the conversation with you. Thanks. Likewise. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your My day. Thanks. Thanks you too. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.